Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hi, and welcome to Out of Line. My name is Candice Ogilvie, and I am here today with Carla Marie, Marie Williams of Carla, the Unschooling Mama. Um, Carla, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be back and to share with parents um, all kinds of good stuff today. Uh, my name is Carla Marie Williams again, and I am the mother of six unschoolers, two that are adults and four teenagers still at home um, that are pursuing the things that light their hearts on fire. And um, I'm here to talk about it. We've been learning at home together for 15 years <laughs> and, and the last 11 years have been unschooling. And so we have been on this self-directed learning, interest-led learning, unschooling journey for 11 years now. And I can't imagine doing it any other way now that we've experienced what we have experienced through this amazing way of looking at the world with our kids. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I love following you on um, all of your platforms, which we can share at the end. But I think that you are just able to communicate and show really um, what unschooling is and the ideas of unschooling and also partnering with your children. And I think that's just so great. And all of the um, really, really interesting and cool things that your kids do. I love, I love keeping Thank up with you. that. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Carla is, um, we, we asked Carla to come on today to share with us uh, her seven unschooling traps. So could you explain those more for us, Carla? Yes, I would be happy to. There are, for those that don't know what unschooling is or who are confused by what this term is, a lot of people get turned off by the un. So other words that we use to explain it is interest-led learning or self-directed learning. But when it comes to unschooling, it kind of um, morphs and makes its way into parenting as well. And so we're gonna talk about that. And that leads me to the number one trap um, of our, our unschooling traps. And that is approaching unschooling as a homeschooling style instead of a lifestyle. When I, my husband and I first started unschooling, um, we swore that, that this was not going to seek into any other realm of our life except for the learning realm. But the more and more we began to give our kids autonomy and freedom to choose what they learn, when they learn, and how they learn it, a lot of the other rules or just ways that we operated as parents didn't make sense anymore. And it was like, oh my gosh, this doesn't, it doesn't fit. So when we were trying to just unschool in the realm of learning and continue our very authoritarian, you know, militant parenting style, it was a bad mix. And we began to see the results in the learning realm. So we said, you know what, we need to let go and allow our kids, you know, more freedom in other areas as well. So um, that's the trap number one 
is to try to latch on to unschooling only in the learning realm and not benefit or invite in the beauty that it can have when it comes to your relationship with your children and the way that um, you learn together at home as well as relate to one another. So that's the number one trap. Don't just say, I just want the learning part. I don't want the rest of that because you're missing out on a very large aspect of what unschooling really is. And that is building that very strong relationship with your kids while you're allowing them the freedom um, to pursue the things that they're interested in. Yeah, and it really is um, just a lifestyle, right? So I think a lot of families start thinking, it's just going to be for school for the for that part of the day that we're going to do our schooling. And then it really opens our minds to all of the other ways that the systems come into play in our lives and how right. we can push back on those systems in every aspect of our lives, not just mm-hmm. education. And it's interesting, too, because those that come to me and say, this doesn't work, I've tried it and this doesn't work. It's usually because they're they're trying to to limit the, I don't want to say the philosophy, but they're trying to limit it to a homeschooling learning style versus allowing their family to experience a lifestyle um, of unschooling and how, what that means for an entire family. So um, that's the number one trap. Uh, I would say num- trap number two would be uh, using strewing as a way to manipulate your child into learning something. Now, for those that don't know what strewing is, I will explain. <laughs> strewing is a way of, um, in a non-coercive, unforceful way of placing uh, resources in your child's path without expectation or requirement. So it's saying, hey, you may like this, you may not. It's, it's being unemotional and unattached to things that you offer you know, your children, they may want to explore it. They may not want anything to do with it. And you have to be okay with that. But strewing can come in the form of games, kits, books, field trips, websites, things that you think may light new fires in their life. Or it could also be things that um, that are related to things they've already shown interest in. So, but it's just a way to, of, of kind of trying to encourage encourage exploration in different areas. And again, it's not strong if it's forceful. <laughs> so that would be the trap number two, using strong as a controlling tool instead of using it um, the way it's supposed to be used, which is an option offered to your child that they can take or leave. So would you say like, if I was to give my son a math book and said, here, I think you'd really like this. Now sit down and try it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's kind of an example. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, um, a lot of times people will find a, a common shelf in, you know, in a hallway in the house or for us, it's on the hallway in the kitchen. It's on the corner in the kitchen or um, my kids have the entire lower level of our house. So I'd put it on the table down there. And it's just, you know, just something that it's an invitation, so to speak. Um I've heard people describe it as that. It's an invitation to explore something new. And do we all accept every invitation that we're sent? No. Mm-hmm. Every crowd's not for us. All the information may not be for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
we have to allow our kids the autonomy to be able to say yay or nay. And sometimes they may have expressed an interest in an area and it may have, you may seem like, I don't understand why they didn't want to read that book. They may be better at receiving information through a visual means like YouTube, like a video, a playlist on the topic versus a book. I have a couple of kids like that, that just absorb amazing information through video form. You may have a kid that's not interested in videos and only likes books, or maybe they like hands-on. They want to do it. They don't want to hear about it or see someone else do it. So you get them a kit for that. So sometimes it's not so much the topic. It is the resource and the medium through which uh, that information is flowing. So it's um, important to consider that as well. When you feel like nothing that I strew that they're they're interested in, but they show interest in this topic. So what's happening? Sometimes it might be the type of resource. So yeah. that's something to consider. Getting to know your child's learning style and strewing yes. from there. Yeah. Very important. I have made this mistake and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before where we've had um people in our center really interested in something and I would just go crazy on the strewing. Like <laughs> oh you're interested in Japanese here's a packet and five books and a video and then it kind of like they're like they get overwhelmed I don't like it anymore right (laughs) you know it's so funny I had I I learned that I have one child in particular when I go nuts they back up they're like whoa that's too much and so I learned that, you know, when I am storing maybe one, maybe two items at a time, but when you collect everything you've ever seen in your life on the topic and plop it down on your child's desk, they're like, what's going on? <laughs> they're like, I just asked a question, mom. I didn't want to become an expert in the area. <laughs> but, you know, so it, it just, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes a lot of observation. Our kids are giving us cues all the time the time and so pay attention to those cues and a lot of things that I've strewed over the years have had nothing to do with things that they've shared with me they're just things that I thought was cool and some of it has taken off where they're like oh I do want to explore this and others I'm like what were you thinking about (laughs) and that's okay too right because they're their own person but trap number three would be this is a big one and I must say that I have to practice this one on purpose myself because um, I am a strong advocate for interest-led learning for unschooling. So it is easy to treat it as if it is a superior choice to everybody else's choice on the planet, right? There are many ways to learn. Um, I do believe that it is important to give kids choices and autonomy when it comes to their learning. Um, But there are many ways that that can happen. And so to assume that everyone is going to learn the same way or that because I'm an unschooler, we are superior to homeschoolers who are superior to public schoolers. Going through all of that is just unnecessary. It ruins relationships and it's unfair. Because we all know as parents that every parent is doing what they believe is the best thing for their kid. Now, we may think they're not enlightened (laughs) or we may think that we have a better answer to whatever that they're doing, but they need to come to that on their own terms, not be pushed or bullied into something that they're not ready for or that they don't even believe in. So um, a trap would be to, to put us ourselves in a bubble 
of superiority instead of allowing ourselves to be relatable and share through our living how it's benefiting us more than our talking, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, we're modeling, modeling and telling, right? Exactly, exactly. So a, a trap would be to alienate ourselves by by assuming a superiority. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody is, like you said, just doing the best they can. And yeah. everybody knows their child the best and, and knows what is best for their child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important to take a step back and say, that's maybe not the way I would do it, but right. that's the way they're doing it. And that's okay. Right. You know, and then there are people that just would love to do what we're doing, but can't Yeah. for whatever reason, you know, um, and my advice to those people is to do what you can give your children freedom and autonomy in the areas that you can give them and to put less, um, less importance on those grades and more importance on the things that they love regardless if they're in public school or homeschool or unschooled um, kids need to know that who they are and what they love is more important than a, you know, checklist. Yeah. So (laughs) regardless of what, what you might have to choose for your kids in whatever season that you're in. So. Yeah. The um, trap number four mistaking your kids current interests for their life's work I can't tell you how many times I've done this (laughs) oh my goodness I I can tell you story with six kids you know I have stories but I can tell you story after story about my kids mentioning something and me losing my mind and I am on Amazon and I'm holding books at the library and by the time everything gets here they're like what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, but you said you wanted to be an underwater basket waver. <laughs> and they're like, I don't remember saying that. Remember we were watching that documentary and you said that would be really cool. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's a silly example, but the point is, is that our kids might just be asking a question and wanting to move on. They'll let you know if they want to dig deeper into something. They'll let you know if this is something that is a real strong passion or something that they want to know a lot about. Just pay attention to those clues. Ask them. You see, you mentioned this the other day. Is that something you'd want to do? When I started asking that, sometimes the answer was yes. And they were like, oh, mom, noticed that. And then other times they were like, oh, no, I was just just because we were watching it or I read something about it in a book. But it wasn't something I was really that interested in because it'll save you a lot of time, a lot of money. <laughs> And a lot of confusion. (laughs) So don't always assume that your child's current interest or even a passion that they've they've decided to dive into is going to be connected to what they do as their career for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And newsflash, I am in my third career. (laughs) I'm 47 years old. So, and I tell my kids that all the time. I have all teenagers and they're all trying to figure out, figure themselves out and what they want to do with their life. And I always let them know, you don't need, need to know what you want to do with the rest of your life. You just need to know what your next step is. What do you want to do right now? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do next? Yeah. Let mom and dad help you get there because that career may lead to something else that may lead to something else. And you may love it all mm-hmm. in different seasons of your life, but our kids shouldn't feel like they're locked into something 
something because they said when they were 12, they wanted to do it. And mom and dad went and, and you know, just threw all the resources their way without even asking. Yeah. Now they're expecting me to be a concert pianist when I just wanted to be able to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> That's so much pressure too. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so, you know, people assume that unschooling is simply interest-led learning to the point where, you know, every unschooler should master something and be this, mm -hmm. you know, phenom by the time they're 18. That is so unfair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so yeah. much pressure. And I have to watch myself, even when I'm teaching and mentoring parents, that I don't um, guide them in that direction because I have some some kids that have been on the same path since they were 10. I've had kids that have had 15 different passions in the last two years, yeah. you know, so I try not to use my kids as a path for other people, but just as an example of how it might look, right? Yeah. Or how it could look yeah. or how you can respond, but not necessarily that you know, my 10 year old who said he liked planes is now immersed in the aviation industry and now on his way to the Navy to continue his aviation career. And so that worked for him. That was his path. But that doesn't mean that your 10 year old that likes building things is going to be an engineer. Yeah. So just just nurture that current interest because every single thing is going to connect eventually. We may not see it. It may not be obvious, but every interest as they change and they morph and they gain different bodies of knowledge, all of those things are going to connect eventually. So you're not wasting time. You're not wasting money or energy on the things that they love. Um, just respond to it in the moment. Respond to it. And one of the things that I always tell parents to do is to make sure that you start with low cost or free resources. Okay. <laughs> I learned that the, I learned that the hard yeah. way. So when you're not quite sure how deep they want to dive into something, start with the library and the internet. Start with free and low cost community offerings, library, um, you know, events and all kinds of things like that. And then once you start seeing a more vested interest in a topic, um, then, you know, you might want to build a home library around that or, you know, enroll in a class or, you know, invest a little bit more of your dollars mm -hmm. in those things. So start slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that you're not like, I bought you a baby grand piano. <laughs> Never touched it. <laughs> like yeah that would hurt right yeah the bank account would hurt yeah, so so yeah that trap number four just mm -hmm. make sure that you are allowing them to to change and morph and and explore different things without them feeling like that has to be their career mm -hmm. in the future because yeah, i think there's likely lot, not there's just a lot of pressure from the system too to say like focus in on this one thing and it's going to be your career. And, you know, I mm -hmm. remember feeling that in high school and college and not having any idea what I wanted to do when I was 18, because I actually never had the ability or opportunity to pursue my interests. You know, right. I was always doing homework and in school. And 
So um, I just think it's so great that we can allow our kids that flow. You know, they can flow mm-hmm. from one thing to another. They can really see internally, like, what feels good to me? What do I like to do? And and then mm-hmm. build on from that. Right. Definitely. So we have um, trap number five, which is defining what success must look like for your unschooler. That's a trap because your kid may have a completely different view of what success is for them. And <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an example. I can be a worry wart. And so I have the tendency, I had the tendency throughout my motherhood to be a get, I adore those that work in the military, but I never wanted my children to be in the military. And that was all selfish (laughs) because I didn't want to have to worry about them like that, you know? Um, And my husband and I, we assumed we were going to be um, raising a house full of entrepreneurs. And um, will that, will that pan out? I don't know, but I will tell you this. I have a prospective Marine a son on the way to the Navy and a daughter that wants to be a crime scene investigator, starting with the police Academy. So, (laughs) so I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm never going to (laughs) sleep. But you know, it's just so funny that that those were my thoughts early on and, and how selfish of me to say no child of mine, like, like they, like I own them. And I own their future, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have the right to say that. But um, these are things that they desire to do. And this is this is work that they're passionate about. And um, and so we're so we support that. Yeah. But I had to I had to get there. Yeah. You know, I had to get there in my in my own mentality and maturity, so to speak, so that I could support them in what it is that they're passionate about. So don't define success for your kids. Allow them to define what success looks like. Defining success for them is a trap. And that's trap number five. Um, Trap number six is assuming that unschooling can only be done or look one way. Now, this was huge for me because um, when we transitioned in 2013 to unschooling, man, all of my kids, well, my younger four, that's all they know because they they were six and under at that time. The older two had been, had had a little bit of public school and then a lot of mommy militant homeschool <laughs> experience. <laughs> and so um, transitioning to that was smooth for everyone except for one of my children. And that was my oldest son who was now a pilot, aviation specialist, um, he did not do well. And, and and it's not because unschooling didn't work for him. It's because my idea of unschooling didn't work for him. Trap number six is assuming that unschooling looks the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. So for him, he wanted traditional resources, textbooks, classes, but he wanted the autonomy and the freedom to do them when, how, and use them however he wanted to. Okay. So 
um, and to use whatever resources he wanted to. So he chose on his own to take Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and Geometry. He chose on his own to take three, 36 months, three calendar years of chemistry. Wow. Two calendar years of physics. Mm -hmm. These were by choice. Now, me, I'm kicking and screaming in the beginning because I'm like, this is an unsettling. You know, and I'm a purist. <laughs> if we're going to do something, we're going all the way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, but he's not following the formula. <laughs> Everybody else seems to be doing just fine. And when I ask him to do what they're doing, he's just floating like, how? I don't know what to do. And then he's bothering them and their projects. And it was a mess until I recognized, okay, he likes the autonomy. He likes the freedom, but he likes traditional learning resources. Once I provided that for him, he was off and running and look at him now. Yeah. And so, you know, that was a decade ago and we probably struggled for the first year and a half until I figured that out mm -hmm. that, you know, unschooling doesn't have to look a certain way because really what it is, is following the child's lead. What did he need? Oh, excuse me. His needs were different from his siblings needs and all of their needs were different as well. But I needed to focus on what he needed. And it looked drastically different than what all of the rest of the kids needed. That didn't make it not unschooling. He was still unschooling because he chose the resources, when and how to use them. Yeah. And he wanted to do it. It was a desire of his. So yeah. um, don't fall into the trap thinking that it only looks one way. And if you use curriculum, then you're not, you know, an unschooler. Mm -hmm. If your child's asking for that, then you want to respond. Yeah. Because because they know how they learn. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to give you those cues. Yeah. So. And trusting, trusting that the child knows what they need, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Mm -hmm. <laughs> So um, that leads me to the last trap, which is number seven, assuming unschooling is absent of structure or curriculum, which goes back to what we were saying. Um, the difference is that the structure is created by the learner. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's the difference between unschooling and every other type of learning system out there. Yeah. is that the structure is created by the learner. So a person may say, well, I can't do this because my kids need structure. Everybody needs structure. Yes. <laughs> it's not void of structure. It's a different kind of structure that's created by the learner. And when someone creates their own structure, and you can help with them with that, of course, as a parent, as a guide, um, then they're going to be more successful mm -hmm. because they know what they need and how they need things to uh to move in order to to learn and to grow yeah. so those are the seven traps <laughs> yeah that's that we structure. fall into that structure when we hear a lot at our centers um parents asking well what do they how do they deal with the, you know the day without structure and it's so interesting because the kids will make their own structure and mm -hmm. we have you know, because we have such a, we have a close community and our kids actually come together to create their structure together. So we have like mm -hmm. this great flow of our day now right. that we didn't necessarily have in the beginning, you know, three years ago when we started, but now the kids have decided like, this is what time we eat together. This is when we right. go outside and it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's structure right? <laughs> exactly it's, it's through their autonomy right and their choice and they have the power right. to 
walk away from it as well if they need to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Thank you so much for going through those. Um, Absolutely. Can you tell us where we can find you or more information about yes. you? Yes. Um, my website is Carla with a K, CarlaMarieWilliams.com. You can see all of my um, books that I've written, uh, three in particular that are on homeschooling and unschooling. Um, that is Homeschool Gone Wild, Teens Unleashed, and Unschool Yourself for Teens. Those three books in particular are um, will benefit any homeschool or unschool family. And then I've also written lots of other books um, that uh, benefit mothers um, across the board working moms, at-home moms, you name it. If you're a mom, then I have written a book that you will be able to relate to. And you can get all that on my website. As far as social media, you can reach me at Carla with a K, The Unschooling Mama on YouTube, um, Instagram, and Facebook. And so I am not active at the moment. I will be back right before Easter. I'm taking a social media break at the moment. So I've been off since mid-February, but um but I have so much content that you can enjoy that till I come back. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, that's how you can find me on my website or on the um, on social media. Okay, well, thank you, Carla. And if you haven't heard thank our, you for our having previous, me. yeah, if you haven't heard our Excuse previous me. podcast with Carla, um, yes, you can find that on our Out of Line podcast. We had talked with Carla a couple times before. Um, and thank you for coming, Carla. And thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.